Hey everyone, welcome back to the Chef's Wife's Life podcast where we are learning to live our beautifully imperfect lives. I am super excited that you're here with me again today. Thank you for pressing play. We've been in this really cool series on our seven accelerators to becoming the next best version of ourselves. And we have been talking through gratitude, love, discipline, integrity, passion, and today we are hitting humility and next week we'll end with some wisdom. Hello, Renee. Thank you for being a part of my series. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, let's just talk a little bit about our relationship. I guess we met each other. Kai must have still been in middle school and he just graduated. So Yes, he was been, in one of my classes at SOAR where yeah. we met. It's so crazy that it's it been is. that long. Yes. I, I mean, I know that I feel like we've lost a few years in that COVID period. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but even since then, like we kind of just kind of meet up in different areas. God kind of intertwines us between the kids working together and now that, you know, Maya and I come and use you for our hairstyles, which yes. we super love. So oh, I love yeah. I'm always kind of the crazy one and you're the more mellow one. At least that's what I've seen so far. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think that covers it. <laughs> I have been getting to know you over these years a little bit, but maybe for our listeners, can you just give us a brief background of who you are? Yeah, I am a daughter to my mother, Connie. I am a wife to Lewis. I'm a mom to Grace. I'm a friend to many. And uh, most importantly, I'm a child of God. I love that. And I love that your mom's name is Connie because my mom was Connie. Yes. I feel like that's another thing that like we have in common. Yeah. And my mom was faithfully praying for her daughters and kids and grandkids while she was here. I just love that, that they have that similarity. So something so powerful about a mother's prayers. There is something. No I just heard that recently that the generation that prayed so much I heard this on Nikki Koziar's podcast. Like, it's just a generation that they were such faithful prayers that they're kind of, it's now our turn to step up. The baton is being passed. Yes, as we live in what they prayed for us, we need to do that for our children, especially in this culture. They need us to lift them up to the God who can meet their needs. Yes, absolutely. So I just think that's neat that our moms kind of have those or had those similar characteristics. Unfortunately, mine's not here, but I'm thankful that you still have yours. So we are on the series of accelerators and I chose you for the category of humility because I've kind of heard your story. I think the word humility tends to come sometimes with a negative mindset. Like people think that that means that you can't speak up about what you believe or that you have low self-esteem, but that's not really the case. Like how would you describe humility? Hmm. Certainly not that. Um, <laughs> Absolutely I've not. I've heard it said that humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. I like that. Yeah. I've also heard the saying that the difference between confidence and arrogance is humility. Hmm. It's knowing that I have any, if I have any ability, it's in God. It comes from him. I also think humility is a heart attitude, not merely an outward posture. One may put on a show of humility, but have a heart full of pride and arrogance. In our culture right now, there's so much, I'm right and you're wrong. You've seen it. Yeah. I think it takes humility to listen to another person's heart, to find common ground and to make connections with them rather than being divisive. We can disagree and still be kind. We desperately need that in our world today. And humbling ourselves, as I know you know, because I've seen it in your life, I believe is the only way to achieve that. Humbling ourselves does not mean shutting our mouths. It means submitting our mouths to say what God says about it. Disagreeing with you doesn't mean I hate you. Speaking up doesn't mean I'm being judgmental. Saying 
saying that something is wrong doesn't make me a phobic. Standing for truth does not make me unloving. On the contrary, it's the most loving thing I can do. Humbling ourselves does not mean not doing big things. It means submitting to God and doing whatever he calls us to do. It also means there's nothing too little or insignificant for me to do because it all matters. Humbling Mm. ourselves is living in reverence for God and in accordance with the truth of the Bible. When I humble myself and come to Christ as the sinner that I am, I acknowledge that I'm a beggar who comes with nothing to offer him but my sin and my need for salvation. I acknowledge my complete inability to save myself. Then when he offers the grace and mercy of God, I accept it in humble gratitude and commit my life to him and to others. We are called as Christians to die to self so that we can live as new creations in Christ. I never forget that he exchanged my worthlessness for his infinite worth and my sin for his righteousness. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's humility. And Jesus is our model, right? Absolutely. Just as he did not come to be served, but to serve, we too commit ourselves to serving others, considering their interest above our own. You, my dear friend, have been called by God to do this podcast, and submitting to him is the most humble thing you can do. There are times we are called to do big and mighty things. Humility will always point to the one who called us. This attitude of humility smashes to smithereens any selfish ambition, conceit, or strife that comes with the self-justification and self-defense in my life. Jesus was not ashamed to humble himself as a servant, even to the point of death on a cross. In his humility, he was always obedient to the Father, and so should we be, willing to put aside all our selfishness and submit in obedience like you're doing, Summer, to God and his word. The Bible says that true humility will produce godliness, contentment, and security. That's what I want. How about you? Yeah. (laughs) Paul is another good example. In the New Testament, he submitted everything to God, and he continuously pointed others to him. To be truly humble, I will glory in the grace of God and in the cross, not in my self-righteousness. I desperately need God's presence and guidance in my life, and to receive that, I must daily choose to humble myself. And like we talked about earlier, that means submitting everything I say and everything I do to his glorious plan for my life. I love that. So submitting and being, I think, in obedience, like some of the key things through that that stuck to me would be things like what seems maybe little to us, God's called us to do, and that's obedience, right? Being able to speak truth in love, it doesn't mean we hate things. I don't know. I just, I liked all of that. Thank you for sharing. You're absolutely welcome. So do you think for your story, because I would like to get into that, do you think that humility is a good category for it? Yes. Yeah. Um, I've heard Beth Moore say once that, you know, she heard God saying to her, you can humble yourself or I can break your knee. (laughs) (laughs) I spent many years refusing to humble myself and it just, it brought on destruction and despair and brokenness. As a child, um, I remember the first sip of beer at a friend's house and the feeling that came over me. And I spent the next 19 years trying to recreate that feeling. I ended up, you know, skipping school, running away, ended up on the streets, eating out of garbage cans. Uh, I would prostitute in order to get money to buy crack. It got really bad (laughs) because I refused to humble myself. What is it that do you think that made you choose to take that first drink? Do you think it was peer pressure? Do you think you'd seen it in your family? What was it 
that made you even choose to take that first drink? Um, I hadn't seen it. I lived with my mom. She didn't drink in my presence. Um, I was at a friend's house. They were partying, I guess, maybe to fit in. Yeah, we were just talking before we started recording. Hereditary is a big part, I think, of addictions. But we were also talking, um, I was speaking with a friend recently, and, you know, the earlier that you are and you choose to try, like, drugs or alcohol, it also makes you more uh, susceptible to addictions later on. And I don't know if it's because your brain's still forming and stuff, but I think it's just because you were so young. You said 11, right? Yeah. I just can't even, like... I'm trying to think of like Maya at 11 and like I just can't like imagine because it led then to spirals of other things. Yes, it was definitely progressive. Um, For a while it was okay just to hang out and drink and kind of feel included (laughs) or whatever. But then it took on a whole other thing. It wasn't even about wanting to be included or to fit in. I just had to have it. So addiction does run in my family. I believe I had the gene. Yeah. I mean, I just really, for the last six years of my addiction, I did not want to use anymore. And I would just cry out to God and say, please help me. I don't want to do this anymore. And I would get up and I would do the same things over and over again. I could not stop. So you said you were on the streets. So were you, you weren't at home during this time? Like, when did you leave? Probably soon after, let's see, I ended up quitting high school. I did go to beauty school. My mom said, if you don't have to graduate, but you got to do something. So I did get my GED and I did go to beauty school but I couldn't keep a job because of the drinking and probably around that time I had moved out kind of in and out like it started with drinking so when did it become even more than that um, probably by like early 20s yeah yeah mm. you know is it like the gateway right like it just you keep looking for more I know that when I teach my high school health class she shows this video Maybe I can link it in the notes, but it just kind of shows why it starts and how they're constantly on the search for that initial high, but it's just never that way. And so there's no words. It's pretty fascinating. So I'll make sure I put that in the notes and share that with you also. But we know that there were drugs and alcohol, right? So do you see like addiction in any other form in your life? I know that I'm from a family of alcoholics. My mom was a recovered alcoholic when she passed away. I'm very aware of myself and just, and while I may not, you know, have a drink if I'm having a bad day, because I don't want to go down that path, I <laughs> will choose the pint of ice cream or I'll binge watch a TV and I, I know I have addict tendencies because I'm like all or nothing. Like that's the mm-hmm. type of person I am. So yeah, There's definitely <laughs> tendencies that I still have even though I'm not using or drinking. Sugar is a big one. Yeah. And I people say, oh, everything in moderation. I'm like, yeah, that's great for you. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work for me. Yes. Um, I have to abstain and that's just, it's my brain. Yeah. It's who I am. So. It's- I know that and I try to... I, I know, like that friend who keeps like chocolate whenever she wants it. Like I know it's there. I'm thinking about it the entire time it's in my house until I've eaten it all. Like yep. I don't understand the moderation <laughs> thing either. I just, I don't know. So I get you on that 100%. <laughs> it's with a book. It's with Netflix. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it's everything. We kind of touched on it a little bit. Part of your story in, in Redemption comes from that praying mom. So yes. you want to share more on that? Yes. So she was praying. I know she had a boss, uh, a man that she worked for who was a very godly man, and he was praying. He actually had his whole congregation praying for me, and it was shortly after that that I went through uh, treatment for the first time. That was Avery Road, which was 30 days, and then I ended up going back out. 
And then I went through Avery Road again, and this time I went to a halfway house. And that worked for a while, but then I went back out. And then the third time was a charm for me. I went through Avery Road. I went to Second Genesis, which was like six months in treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, then I lived in a sober house. Then I lived in my sponsor's basement. I mean, I was just really ready to do whatever it took. And it's interesting, during this time, I had an appointment. I was having really painful periods, and I had a cyst removed from one of my ovaries. And during the follow-up appointment, the doctor told me um, he had seen my fallopian tubes were completely blocked and living the life that I lived. I never went to the doctor. I had various Mm -hmm. infections that weren't treated. And because of that, my fallopian tubes were totally like blocked with scar tissue, I guess. So he was like, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you'll never be able to get pregnant, you know, conceive, let alone carry, because I also had fibroid tumors, a baby. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you know, there are consequences to what we do. And I accepted that. Yeah. And I was dating Lewis then, and he was like, well, if God wants us to have a child, we'll have a child. And I was like, yeah, I know, but, you know. Um, but then I finally did get clean and stayed clean. And um, I'm going to pause there because I feel like the difference, I think a lot of that was community, right? If you're in for like a program and then you go out and you're going back into that same community. And so the last time, like you had all different people in community and building different relationships. You know, they say the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm. You were finding more more positive connections probably and people who were either on that same journey with you so they got it and, and, that and encouraging may have been available the first two times I just wasn't there yeah you know I was going after it the third time and that's yeah. what made the difference definitely yeah. need community yeah like-minded people yeah surrounded yes <laughs> yes so, yes <laughs> yes it's so good so tell us a little more about I always refer to him as coach because we used to compete in upwards so tell us about like how you and coach met because it was in the halfway house right yes so okay. the second time through um like I mentioned I did the halfway house and that's where I met Lewis and they tell you not to date in your first year because you know you're both kind of sick and twisted um, <laughs> but somehow it worked for us so that's how we met and then we started working the 12 steps we were living together going to meetings um and i just felt like god was calling me to more i had an aunt that gave me uh the book a purpose-driven life and i was kind of flipping through that and then later maybe a few months later i had a cousin who sent me a dvd of the women of faith conference so i watched that and i was like you know maybe we should you know, check out some churches. And we went to a couple of churches and the different denominations confused me. I just wanted to know, yeah. like, what, what does the Bible say about things? Who is God? And, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, one night Lewis called me and he said he was listening to Pastor Dale on the radio or TV. I can never remember. But um, he was like, I think I found it. And we started going. And it wasn't long after that I prayed with a pastor and gave my life to Christ. And that's when I really felt, I mean, I was clean, but that's when I really felt like forgiven and made new, mm-hmm. like pure. Yeah. And from my promiscuous past and my dirty, soiled past mm-hmm. to feel clean and pure, only Jesus can do that. Yeah. Hmm. You know, so often the enemy wants to speak lies to us in you know, you forgiven yourself. I think the enemy holds things like guilt and shame over us. So, and maybe you were believing coach when he's like, we can have a baby, but maybe you were thinking it was like adoption or something. Right. So yeah, tell yeah. us our story about grace. Cause I love okay. it. Okay. So, um, 
we had decided, we started going to church, like I said, and then we had decided um, to live separately because the more you learn about God and his character and his word, there are certain things that he wants you to do for your benefit and for his glory. So I moved out and we decided to live separately and abstain sexually until we were married. We were both convicted of that. So during, it took like two years. We just kind of were going to church, getting to know God, getting to know each other better. So when we got married and came together the first time as husband and wife, I know that God blessed that. So we had been married three months and I started bleeding. thought it was my period, but it went on for like three weeks. And I'm like, okay, this isn't normal. So I went to see same gynecologist and he wanted to do a procedure where they fill up your uterus with liquid and take a picture and see what's going on. So I went into the nurse and she was going to do the procedure and she said, asked me if I was pregnant. I said, no, I can't get pregnant. And she asked him, is there any way she's pregnant? And he said, no. And for some reason, she just refused to do the test. She said, I want you to do a pregnancy test on the way home. Call us and we'll do the procedure another Mm -hmm. time. And he got upset with her. And she still wouldn't do it. So on the way home, I stopped and got a pregnancy test, got home, did the test, said I was pregnant. Wow. I know, right? (laughs) I believe, there's no doubt in my mind, that because we honored God before getting married, he did the impossible. He did. I mean, we weren't even praying for it. We weren't even asking for that. That's, you know, how God is. So her name was easy to come by. We knew it was God's grace that allowed me to get pregnant. So I went to the nurse and I said, thank you so much for making me do that. I had no idea. And she said, oh, Renee, you have no idea. If we had done the procedure, it would have aborted your baby. So, I mean, just God's hand was all over that appointment. And I'm so grateful. Yeah. And now she's 16. How did that happen? (laughs) That's, yeah, it's crazy. There's a little more to your story, I think, because of your background, like even just with homeschooling in Grace. You want to share that? Yes. I stayed home with her. I'm a hairdresser, but I, I was able to stay home with her and I would work on Saturdays. And then when she started school, Redeemer, where we go to church, had a school. So we put her in for probably about a year. She had friends that homeschooled and talked about it. And then Lewis got on board. So they were both kind (laughs) of, you know, and um, I was like, I didn't even graduate high school. It doesn't make any sense. Right. (laughs) But they kept talking about it. So I started praying about it. And I definitely felt God calling me to homeschool grace. And I was like, okay, but you got to show up like every day because it's not me. And again, that's where humility comes in, right? And I was (laughs) totally humble because I knew (laughs) it ain't going to be me. (laughs) And he faithfully shows up. And now we're in our seventh year of homeschooling. I mean, how cool is that? That's so cool. Yeah. the time that I've had with her during those years, I mean, I wouldn't have had if she was in school. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that God busts through, you know, our hardness and just convinces us to do what's best for us. I mean, there's so much humility in that whole story, but like, where do you think it really hits the most in your heart? Mm. Well, with getting clean, I had to humble myself. And, you know, I, I've seen people try to get clean, but they they insist on their own way in different mm-hmm. areas, and it just doesn't work. I had to submit my entire life to him. And like I said, going from Avery Road to Second Genesis, that was huge. That's six months. Yeah. And, you know, all these thoughts like, well, what about this and what about that? And I was like, no, whatever whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to humble myself and do that. And then in the sober house, and then with my sponsor's basement, and it's like, when you're really willing to submit to God wholeheartedly, 
that's when the breakthrough comes and it takes humility and then with homeschooling <laughs> I mean, there's no way I could do what we've done over the last seven years without the help of God yeah. and it's my complete and utter dependence on him that helps me to humble myself because I need him so much I need his presence I need his power I need his guidance I yeah desperate for it well, thank you so much for sharing this story. I'm so glad you said yes. <laughs> Me too. I'm so glad that we've had this opportunity to hang out because paths have been intertwined, but we haven't done a whole lot of one-on-one together. And I've gotten you twice in like a week. So yes. I'm thankful for that. So <laughs> that I feel like good. we need to see this more often. Before we end the podcast, I do have a couple questions since this podcast is about growth. What do you think your it doesn't have to be on humility even, but what do you think that you're learning right now? Right now, God is working on me in the area of consistency and discipline you know in the book of Haggai it talks about the people were finally set free from the Babylonians and they went to rebuilding the temple which had been destroyed but then it shows them kind of fading away from that being distracted by their lives and getting into other things and the temple was left half done and I was like I can so relate to that God has set me free my body is like the holy temple right mm-hmm. is the where the holy spirit lives and I just want to be more disciplined I want to be more consistent and I want to stick to it I don't want to lose the enthusiasm yeah that's mm. what he's working on well I can, lately I can partner with you in that because okay. those are my struggles 100% because I'm all or nothing I don't know how to find that boundary sometimes all in is tiring too it's exhausting <laughs> yeah he's also so, been working on me yeah. there because I'm a perfectionist like all or nothing so and I've been stuck like I can be such a perfectionist that I stay stuck and do nothing Mm-hmm. So he's he's helping me to learn that progress, not perfection, is the goal. And with that mindset, I can do a little bit each day and get mm-hmm. way further than perfection ever got me. I love that. So this podcast, we talk about living our beautifully imperfect life. What are you loving or just finding joy in right now in this season of your life? Well, this time with you. Aww. It's super special. It's super special. I'm um, so thankful for it. Yeah, me too. And we've entered summer. So that's always nice. We never stop learning, but it, the freedom, I guess, that comes with that and just having more family time. I just find so much joy in spending time with my family and having the time to, you know, take walks after dinner or mm-hmm. do things like that. So there's just joy all around us. I love this time, Renee, because seeing so many similarities that we've had or, and it just makes me want to like hang out with you more. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Can we do it, please? Because I'm just like, she thinks like me. She's quiet. I'm the loud one. But sometimes, you know, opposites attract in that way. So We're soul sisters. Yes, I love it. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. If you guys loved what you heard, like, share, and subscribe. That's how we get to spread the word and spread the chef's wife's life. And we will be getting together for the last attribute next week. But you will hear Renee soon because we're going to be coming together in a homeschooling panel that we're going to do in August. So if you liked hearing from Renee, you can hear a little more about her homeschooling journey in a few weeks. So thank you again, guys. And just uh, really go and live your beautiful and perfect lives.